Star Wars 7x7, episode 740. Today, Ray, Jakku, and the Aftermath Life Debt Connection. Punch it, Chewie. Hi, this is Trisha Barr, author of Ultimate Star Wars and host of Fangirls Going Rogue. And you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey Rebel Rouser, welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod, and we are continuing our discussion of Star Wars Aftermath Life Debt with a focus on the prologue and the epilogue of the novel. And it's rather important, I believe, and I don't think we yet know the ultimate significance of this, but I think it's stuff that bears upon our sequel trilogy that we are so desperate for information about. Now, as far as spoiler warnings go, let me put it this way. This does not affect any of the material of the novel of Life Debt or its course. The prologue and the epilogue are separate and only give you a bit of backstory information on one of the characters that appears in Life Debt, but it's nothing that actually changes your read of the book or ruins anything for you. That being said, if you want to be utterly and completely spoiler-free, then you should probably not listen to this podcast. But like I said, this is very minor as far as any kind of spoiler goes, if you would even consider it a spoiler to begin with. So here's the deal. We find out that the character that Ray Sloan is reporting to, this mysterious person pulling the strings, is actually from Jakku. Grew up on Jakku, grew up in an orphanage on Jakku, interestingly enough, and stowed away on a ship that happened to be being operated by none other than Palpatine himself. So let's get specific, shall we? 34 years before the Battle of Yavin, that would put it at two years before the Phantom Menace, Sheev Palpatine was busy on Jakku and doing something that he says was very significant, that Jakku was actually significant a thousand years ago and will be significant again in the future. Why this is, we do not know. All we know about Jakku is what we've seen in The Force Awakens and read in novels like Lost Stars and in Aftermath. And yeah, uh, even a little bit from Star Wars Battlefront where they talk about the fact that there was an Imperial research base, a secret research base and weapons facility there, but we don't know much more than that at all. We also gather that this orphanage is being run by a bunch of religious hermits, people who have gone into deep seclusion. There are references to anchorites, which was a word I wasn't really familiar with, and looking it up, it says it is a religious recluse. And there's also mention of a consecrated Aramite, and that is title case, as in a particular person. And an Aramite is a Christian hermit or recluse. Now, there's no suggestion that these folks are Church of the Force folks like Lorsan Tekka was hanging out with. It seems like it's an entirely different scenario altogether, and it's an orphanage being run by these religious recluses. Going further than that, then, what kind of religious recluses are they? We don't know that either. And where I'm digging into with this is the whole question of Rey and her background. Now, Unkar Plutt is not listed anywhere as being an anchorite, so he is not any sort of religious recluse, and it certainly doesn't look that way by his behavior inside The Force Awakens. So it doesn't seem like Rey is being left 
with any sort of religious orphanage, she's actually being left in the hands of Unkar Plutt, unless Unkar is supposed to be delivering her to the Anchorites or something like that. Um, the alternative is something that I don't think we've seen considered in all of the Ray theories. Uh, Gallius Rex, who that's the character name of the guy that is working the puppet strings behind the scenes in the Aftermath novels, was apparently born on Jakku and is in an orphanage there. I think everything that I've seen theory-wise has suggested that Rey was born somewhere else and dropped off on Jakku. But what if she was actually born on Jakku, just like Gallius Rex was, and was just orphaned there as well? Or if you really want to get crazy with the conspiracy theories, you could consider that whatever Sheev Palpatine is up to on Jakku, it absolutely can't be any good. And... If you go with the theory, and I guess this is the, the real deal, not just theory, that Anakin himself was conceived across the galaxy by the manipulation of the Force and by midichlorians, then is it possible that the secret research that was being done on Jakku was something similar to try to replicate this same kind of experiment that resulted in Anakin Skywalker's birth? And... Yeah, wouldn't that be a scary thought, to have Rey be some sort of clone or some sort of Petri dish evolution of Anakin Skywalker? I think that... I don't even want to pursue that idea, quite honestly. You know, when we had a conversation with Chris Taylor about Rey's parentage and his friend that said that uh, she was hoping that Rey was no one because then Rey could be everyone or everyone could be Rey... And it would be so much more of an inclusive message. You know, I do like that in theory, and yet I can't ascribe to it. I can't really buy into that being the ultimate direction that Lucasfilm is going to go, even though Colin Trevorrow says that it's going to be a deeply and profoundly satisfying answer. I think the answer of her being no one, as she says in one of the lines that was cut from the movie, I can't see that happening somehow. But by the same token, I can't see the entire opposite of her being very specifically someone and hatched, as it were, from other circumstances. So I do think that there's something to be learned. And even though Chuck Winding says that the novel is more about building the bridge between Return of the Jedi and the Battle of Jakku, this still has hints, as he notes, of what is to come in The Force Awakens. Not necessarily the full boat or anything like that. It's more important to that post-Return of the Jedi world than it is to The Force Awakens world, he says. But I gotta think that anything that Palpatine is up to, he is somebody who is an absolute master of the long con if there's anyone in the galaxy who was. And he's the guy who set this new character, Gallius Rex, on the task of overseeing the excavation site that's happening on Jakku, where his droids, Palpatine's droids, are going to be building something underground. We do not know yet what that is. Again, we could surmise that it is his secret research base slash weapons facility that we've heard about previously, but that doesn't tell us much more yet. 
But the passages in Life Debt got me thinking about a few things. And so to sum them up, first of all, the possibility that Rey was not dropped off on Jakku, but that she was actually born on Jakku and orphaned on Jakku without ever having left the planet. Secondly, the fact that there is more than one group of religious recluses on Jakku and wondering what kind of affiliation those other religious groups have. And third, the fact that Palpatine has anything to do with Jakku is just astounding. 34 years before the Battle of Yavin, which puts it again two years before the Phantom Menace, what he is doing on Jakku, excavating and building something underground and claiming that Jakku was significant a thousand years ago and will be significant again. I mean, you know, always in motion is the future, but what is going on with Palpatine's long con on this one? Well, for the heck of it, I went to Wikipedia and typed in 1000 BBY, just in case. And interestingly enough, it says that that was the end of the new Sith Wars in the Republic Dark Age. The Sith were believed to be extinct, but Darth Bane took someone named Rain as his apprentice, dubbing her Darth Zana. And Darth Bane, at that time, established the Rule of Two and created the Order of the Sith Lords, thus continuing the legacy of the Sith Order. Now, I know that's Legends stuff officially. It is not part of the canon, but it's kind of an interesting coincidence, don't you think? Hey, Rebel Rouser. You're listening to this podcast. Maybe you'd like to listen to a Star Wars story, too. Luckily, we've got just the thing for you. We've partnered with Audible to give you a free download and a free 30-day trial of their awesome service. All you got to do is go to audibletrial.com slash SW7X7 to sign up and get your free download. They've got dozens of Star Wars titles. Anything you want to do to explore that galaxy far, far away. One more time for you. audibletrial.com slash SW7X7. Alright, let's do a trivia question here. Might need this. Last time we asked you what the First Order was, pun intended, that Captain Phasma gave to Finn upon their return to the Star Destroyer, and that was to submit his blaster for inspection. Today's question, what's the Second Order she gave him? And on a final note, this will be the last broadcast we record from Dublin, Ireland, prior to us jumping on a plane and hopping over to England, jolly old England, and London for Star Wars Celebration Europe, where we will be recording live and posting multiple episodes throughout Celebration Weekend and covering all the incredible breaking news that will be bound to be shared with all of us Star Wars fans. So stay tuned. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you get scammed by Obi-Wan's wordplay, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And if you like what you've been hearing, support the podcast at Patreon.com slash SW7x7. It's not a certain point of view, it's Destiny Unleashed. podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2016 Star Wars 7 We hope you love it.